The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. now how are you now how are the montreal canadians now folks the montreal canadians finally got themselves a win at the rookie tournament a big one beating up on the ottawa senators and winning by a score of seven to two to close out their three game set in buffalo hello and welcome to another special non-numbered episode of the bottom six minutes podcast presented by habs eyes and the prize i am matt drake and speaking of you know beating up people and things and hockey teams uh arbor jackai is a bad bad man as you could probably tell from the uh the title of the episode and uh, the title of the article on Habs eyes and the prize uh that's kind of my my standout uh thing that i wanted to talk about here uh arbor jackai is a dangerous dude man he had a fight with zachary messicot and Folks, if you haven't seen it yet, the highlight's up on my Twitter. It's going to be in the article on Eyes and the Prize as well. Um, you can go and find it pretty easily. He knocked Zachary Messicut the fuck out. They traded some punches. Messicut kind of had his chin up a little bit, which is not very smart. Jack guy hiding behind his shoulder, protecting his chin very well. Throws a right, seemed to connect with about somewhere uh, maybe a little bit behind the cheek. And then the second right comes behind it, and that one lands directly on the button and flattens him. Uh, Jack Eye, to his credit, kind of held onto the jersey a little bit and helped him have uh, a bit of a soft fall to the ice. Uh, but it, it, it wasn't a soft uh, punch that sent him to the ice. He was knocked out. Uh, Arbor Jack Eye, man, that guy is mean. He's big. He hits. He did take some undisciplined penalties uh, in the game, right? I think he had three minor penalties in that game. He needs to rein that in a little bit. One of those penalties was a slightly late hit that actually precipitated the fight. The reason that Messi cut and went after him is because he had just gotten out of the box from uh, down near the corner in the Habs zone. I forget who it was. He came in, took a shot on goal, and I think the rest blew the whistle right before Jacki ended up lighting him up. Uh, it was a clean hit, but I think the issue that the rest took is that it was slightly after the whistle. I didn't have too much of an issue with that hit by Jack Eye because I think he was already committed to it. Uh, I think regardless of whether or not the whistle was about to go, there wasn't a whole lot that he was going to do to stop that momentum and stop himself from running into the other player. Uh, but I, I do understand why they called it. Um, but look, if he is either with the Laval Rocket or with the Montreal Canadiens next season... If you want to have any kind of physicality going on, if you want to start fights, he's the guy that's going to be your Huckleberry. And I don't think that you want to be in Arbor Jack Guy's kitchen. Uh, he is a mean individual. And I got to tell you, folks, I, I'm not the biggest proponent of fighting in hockey, but 
it happens and it's nice to have a guy around that you absolutely do not want to mess with and he's that he's going to be that guy for the montreal canadians and or for the laval rocket but there was more than just fights in that particular game against the Senators. There was also some really impressive uh, offensive performances, starting with uh, Xavier Simoneau. Man, that guy is tenacious. He never stops moving his feet. He plays like he's six inches taller and 50 pounds heavier than he actually is. The way that he's able to protect the puck, uh, the way that he goes into the corners, goes into the boards with zero regard, uh, but takes really smart routes and really smart body positioning in order to be effective despite his size. And he ends up scoring two goals for the Montreal Canadiens. One of them was a beautiful tic-tac-toe goal uh, between himself, Emil Heinemann, and uh, I can't remember, was it Justin Barron? I don't know. The highlight, again, will be in the article on Habs Eyes and the Prize, so you can take a look at that as well uh, and correct me on my own uh, inability to drop names at this point. Uh, But his second goal was just Johnny on the spot. William Trudeau threw a nice point shot um, through a little bit of traffic, and there's Simoneau right in front of the net to clean that up and put it in. I mean, he's in the right place at the right time. He, again, protects the puck really well, plays a much bigger game than you would expect from a guy his size, and I think this guy's going to be an absolute fan favorite for the Laval Rocket this season. And to the point where I I really do believe that he's going to put himself in the conversation for one of those first call-ups if and when there are injuries during the season in the Montreal Canadiens locker room. He has that kind of ability to step up, to play up in your lineup, and could potentially see some games with the Canadiens if the need arises. I do think he's going to start the year in Laval. But this is the kind of guy that is going to earn himself more and more respect from the coaching staff, more and more respect from the organization in general. And he's going to get himself into that fan favorite role where people are going to be calling for his name if and when there are injuries to Montreal Canadiens players. So really encouraging overall rookie tournament from Xavier Simoneau. Very extremely encouraging game from him against the Ottawa Senators. And it it gives you some confidence knowing like this guy... He's going to be a contributor on that AHL team and could potentially even uh, be coming up. We might be seeing him in the CH at some point this season. So really loved what I saw from him. Really loved what I saw from Uri Slavkovsky in that game as well. I talked about him, of course, uh, after the first rookie game. He didn't play in the second one. And in the first rookie game, you know, he was going one on five a lot. And he even said himself after the game, I felt like maybe I was trying to do too much. Now, there was a play, uh, I think it was in the first period, towards the end of that frame, where he gets a turnover at the defensive blue line, skates in on the wing, right? During that first game, I would have expected him to go try and take on the three guys, or three or four Senators players that were closer to him than any of his teammates. But instead of doing that, he stays on the perimeter, protects the puck really well, drags two defensemen of the Senators below the goal line with him, and then throws it around behind himself to Owen Beck and creates a scoring chance. So... Instead of doing what he was doing in the first game and trying to go for those highlight reel, you know, individual efforts against five people, he used the fact that he's drawing all of that attention to create space for his line mates. So while he didn't score, and I understand why a lot of people were hoping that he would score, I mean, obviously you want your first overall pick to do a little bit more offensively in a rookie tournament, but I liked the patience, the the, the more calculated nature of his game in, in this particular, you know, uh, outing against the the senators he was a lot more calculated he was a lot more focused on trying to use what he's able to do well to create space and a lot more patient so waiting for that puck support to come along instead of trying to do it himself i think that's going to translate really well i mentioned it on twitter 
you know, if you put him out there with Cole Caulfield and, you, and he can do those same things where he's dragging two different defenders down below the goal line in the offensive zone, it's going to create space. And we know what Cole Caulfield does in space. So I don't know if he's going to be on that line at all. I think they're going to at least try it out a couple of times in the preseason. And I think that more offensive production is going to come for Uri Slavkovsky as a result. And then eventually, if teams start going, well, you know what, we can't send two guys after him in the corner to try and separate him from the puck, then maybe he gets more space for himself. So all of this is going to move him towards being a more effective overall player. Uh, and again, despite the fact that he didn't score, would have loved to see him score, uh, I'm not worried about it. I think the the development in, in terms of the patience and the more calculated nat- nature with which he plays is going to be better than, of course, you know, him just scoring a couple of goals in the rookie tournament. I like the progression. And then there was also uh, his Slovakian counterpart, uh, Philip Meshar. Really love everything that I've seen from this kid in those three games. I don't know yet. I mean, I think it's been up for debate. Is he going to Laval? Is he going to play for the Kitchener Rangers in the OHL? We still don't know. But I'm excited to see what he can do in a couple of preseason games. I really hope that they give him that shot because he, he's better than I thought he was. I said this before. I underrated him in the in the top 25, 125 if I go based on what I've seen in this rookie tournament. And I love his game, man. He is shifty, stick handling, uh, defensive effort, really good as well. Everything about what I've seen from him so far in this rookie tournament screams to me that, that I may have underrated him. So I'm excited to revise that ranking next year and see what he does, whether it be in Kitchener or Laval. I don't know, but uh, I think we're going to find out pretty soon. And then Owen Beck. Owen Beck, again, another really good game from him. He had a sequence at one point where he gets the puck, goes into the offensive zone, and he's got no puck support, right? He's got nowhere to go with it. Has two guys all over him. He manages to spin off the two guys, protect the puck really well, get in towards the net, and get a scoring chance. Doesn't go, but overall the puck protection the tenacity the ability to recognize that he had no support and then just make a decision of okay i'm going to go along the wall and i'm going to cut into the net with it uh and then the the fact that he has the skills the hands and the puck protection to do that uh amazing again everything from him in this rookie tournament has suggested that they may have gotten themselves a gem a steal at 33rd overall to get owen beck in the draft and my last forward standout i would have to give that one to riley kidney uh, again, just seems to be getting better and better the more ice time that they give him. Uh, they, they're giving him quality line mates. He was playing on the right-hand side uh, on the wing, which is something that you know I feel smart for having said in my top 25 under 25 profile on him that I think the wing is where he's going to find himself a home in the NHL. He looked great on the wing with Owen Beck and Uri Slavkovsky. Scored a goal on the power play. Really good screen in front of the net, by the way, uh, with Uri Slavkovsky. But just, you know, really good puck movement. Caden Gooley ended up passing it over to him, and he had a bunch of space. He took a look at that screen that was being offered up by Slavkovsky and just fired a precision wrister in. So really eye-opening performance uh, from Riley Kidney and kind of lending itself to the idea that, that I had put forward that maybe the wing is going to be the spot for him uh, when he wants to turn pro. I think he's quite clearly going to be going back to junior this season, and he'll probably be playing a mix of center and wing there. Uh, and that versatility is going to serve him well. But I think, again, the wing is going to be the home for him. And he's had a really good rookie tournament um, with two of those games on the wing. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. He's going to be another good one to follow in the QMJHL this season. Now moving down to the defenseman. Uh, because there was a lot of uh, impressive performances from the defensemen, and in the interest of time, I won't necessarily go into everything here. 
However, we have to start with Justin Barron. Uh, Justin Barron had a pretty incredible game. He set up a scoring chance at one point for Yuri Slavkovsky where he gets the puck directly off the faceoff. And this is a faceoff at center ice. He chips the puck past the defender, just chases it down, beats everybody to it, and then puts a beautiful pass right into the slot on Slavkovsky's thick. Uh, he gets stopped, but just the fact that he was able to generate that chance out of thin air. A face-off win in the neutral zone doesn't usually immediately generate a chance like that. Um, but Barron was just, you know, head and shoulders uh, better than what you would expect to see at a rookie tournament. So really encouraged by him. Another guy that I might have underrated. I had him at 20 on my top 2525. We'll see. You know, it's a little bit too early for me to say I was 100% wrong, but uh, I'm excited. Uh, again, another guy that I would love to revise that ranking and put him a little bit higher next season. Uh, moving on, also on defense, uh, really impressed by William Trudeau. Uh, he had a great game, gets an assist on one of the uh, Xavier Simoneau goals. He threw at one point a backhand saucer pass from one side of the ice over to the other, uh, tape to tape to Brett Stapley. It didn't end up you know, creating a goal, but it created a, a very easy zone entry because he's throwing the puck all the way across the grain and there's nobody over there except for Stapley. So he gets to gain the zone pretty much unchecked as a result of that pass. I've talked about William Trudeau before. I think he's heavily underrated in the Habs system. I think a lot of people are not necessarily counting on that guy making the team at any point. And I really do believe that if he keeps on the same development track that he's on right now, he's got a shot. Uh, of playing for the Montreal Canadiens in a couple of years. So uh, eyes on him as well. Probably going back to Charlottetown this year. Uh, Going to have a massive role with them, and uh, and we'll see what he can do. And then Caden Gooley. Caden Gooley had a great game as well. Also got an assist. Also very physical. Also really uh, imposing figure out there for the Montreal Canadiens, shutting down one side of the ice as he tends to do, making it an absolute nightmare to come in on his side of the ice. I mean, if you, you take him... Jack Eye, if, if those guys are going to be regulars for the Montreal Canadiens either this season or at some point, you've got a very big, mean, you know, tenacious defense that also isn't going to take any shit, right? That's, that's got a lot of value, and it's got even more value when you consider that these guys can actually skate. My big problem with going after size in the NHL is that oftentimes when you go after big players, you're just going after big players because they're big. These guys aren't just big. They can skate. Jack Guy, he's a very good skater. Much better than you would expect for somebody of his size. Caden Gooley, excellent skater. Pivots really well to the back, uh, to, to skating backwards. And that's why he's able to keep such good gap control. And that's why he's able to really shut down entries uh, as soon as you try to get across that line. And then you got a nice mix in there as well because you got guys like Barron that are a bit more puck movers, not necessarily as physical or as uh, you know robust or as violent when it comes to dealing with the opposition, but a little bit more finesse, a little bit more puck moving. Uh, so the the overall combination of the young defensemen that they have right now is exciting to me. I think that they have something going here. I don't know when all of these guys are going to be regular producers for the NHL, but I do have a reasonable degree of confidence that all of these guys at some point are going to be there. And, you know, for me, the, the idea of having... All these guys work out is is maybe a little bit ambitious, but I'm I'm seeing things that I like. Uh, I'm excited about this season, even if we lose a bunch of games, because I'm excited to maybe see some of these guys get an opportunity to show what they can do at the NHL level. And my last thought for you guys is: Listen, Arbor Jack guy. Some people have been mentioning to me because uh, I tweeted out a video of the fight 
and I'll put the fight obviously into the article and have eyes in the prize as well. Um, people have been tweeting me. They're like, yeah, this whatever. This guy's gonna get killed in the NHL. The guy he fought, Zachary Mescut, is six foot four and like two hundred twenty pounds. So if you think that Arbor Jackai is going to have problems dealing with the physicality of the NHL, you are absolutely incorrect. He's going to be the physicality of the NHL for the Montreal Canadiens if he plays there. He is going to be a problem for pretty much anybody who decides they want to, you know, get up into his kitchen. He's he's a problem, folks, and he's going to be a problem. And the great thing as a Montreal Canadiens fan is that he's not going to be a problem for us. He's going to be a problem on our side for other teams that play against the Montreal Canadiens. So great things. Great things at the rookie tournament. I'm excited. I hope everybody else is excited. I'm going to cut it off there because we are running over 16 minutes. So c'est une soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Of course, thank you as always for listening and à la prochaine. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.